This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Oh, we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports? We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. A huge show in store for you tonight. I will say this off of the top. Um, tonight is going to be one of those episodes and one of those nights where if you're around your kids, I'm not going to curse. I promise, not this time. I'm going to try not to. Um, but this will be one of those nights that I think it will be one of the more epic um, episodes that we've had. Uh, if you have missed it throughout the day, if you're an LSU fan, I don't know how you missed it, but John Emery, the running back, the LSU starting running back, or who would have been the starting running back for LSU, has his appeal denied per the NCAA on academic violations. We will touch on that. I am going to tee off not just on the NCAA. No, no, no. No, no, no. This goes deeper and much more closer than the NCAA and the Rudy Pooness that they display. We will get into that. Uh, as the offense gain or as Orgeron gains confidence and the offense gains confidence, is LSU going to start having more success? It's not what you fully believe that I'm going to say tonight. I'm going to explain, is Orgeron gaining confidence in something a little bit more than himself? We will touch about that tonight, some things that I'm hearing. Uh, Michael Wilbon and Lane Kiffin, as we go around the SEC, they get into a little dispute. We'll talk about that, and I'll give you my SEC picks along with the recruiting LSU recruiting update uh, for this weekend and why LSU fans need to pack the stadium this upcoming Saturday. So we do have a lot to get into tonight. Uh, but before we get started, I do want to thank everybody for joining us. Do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share it to some Facebook groups. Uh, if you're on Twitter, Periscope, do us a favor by hitting the retweet and like button as well. Don't forget to follow. And if you're on YouTube, I think that we're going to maybe try at the end by the end of the year to make a full transition. Uh, you know, maybe Facebook and, and, and just YouTube. Uh, but do us a favor by hitting the subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Don't forget to hit the notification bell as well and tell all of your friends about it. But we do before we do got to get do this before we pay bills. We got to get to the Rudy crew. We got to get to the Rudy crew. We got to get to the chat. As Dorian says, what's up, Rudy crew? Craig Schilling says, ah, we are live. That we are. Derek says, let's go. Blaine Smith says, uh, Eric and Kyle Williams get inducted into the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. That is correct. Gino, what's up, my friend? He says, go Tigers. Uh, and let's see, Tony Williams says, what's up, Blake, and to the Rudy Crew. So the Rudy Crew is starting to make its way uh, around. I like that. I like that. I'm glad that we got a name for the chat. It's very purposeful 
um, that is called the Rudy Crew. I like it a lot. So let's do this. We got a lot to get into. Rafino's Ranch just around the corner. I'm about to tee off on the Rudy Poos that made this happen. We have a three-prong approach, so we'll get into it. But we've got to pay some bills around this thing. None better than our good friends over GM Varno and Sons, betonline.ag. Guys, with 63 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Varno and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motorhome chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. Give them a call today at 225-664-9992. That's 225-664-9992. Or go see them over at 2500 Florida Boulevard in Denham Springs, Louisiana. And our good friends over at betonline.ag. Guys, I placed some of my bets today that I will be giving to you Friday. The way that I did that, I went over to betonline.ag by using my mobile device. The first time I did it, all I had to do was simple, signed up, made a deposit, and then got rolling. In the state of Louisiana, with sports gambling becoming into law, you got to get over there and sign up now. Guys, it's really fun. You don't have to spend a lot of money. Spend four, five, six, seven, eight dollars. There's no no limit, too big or too small. I think you do have to bet a dollar though to to do that. But regardless, it's fun to do. You can bet on a couple games. Get ten dollars. Go over there. Do it. They'll give you five dollars back on the fifty percent welcome bonus because. You're a friend of Blake Rafino and AYS. It's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. All right, let's get this thing rolling. We are live from the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com, live in the uh, – live in – let's just start calling it the studio. Live on location at the Drake Williams Law Firm. Got to give a shout-out to my good friend Ernie Drake and Ryan Williams. Uh, for helping a brother out. All right, I see a couple of comments. Uh, Dale Broussard says, damn NCAA. Uh, Darren says, Kim Mulkey says, get your tickets cheap while you can because they're not they're not going to be on sale for long. That's true. Um, and then we got Derek again saying, NCAA hates LSU. It's ridiculous. So let's, let's go in the part of this. Let's go in part of this and let's talk about John Emery because this has been the biggest um, thing – Outside of Derek Stingley getting injured, and yeah, I, I, I'm talking more about off the field of recently that we have not spent a lot of time on, right? Like, I have not been here and spent a lot of time talking about John Emery Jr. or his status. I told you uh, last week that LSU felt confident that um, John Emery's status and his appeal was going to get approved. Um, obviously, as you can see from other people in the media, they were also saying that they heard the same thing and that this was kind of ridiculous. They heard from LSU as well that they thought that the appeal was going to go through to, to the NCAA. Now, if you've missed it or don't know what's going on with John Emery, he does have an academic issue. So let's clear the air about this academic issue. Apparently, uh, during the semester, last semester, uh, John Emery dropped a class going through shoulder, shoulder surgery, uh, you know, parent gets COVID, uh, you know, there are a lot of different things happen. He drops a class. He's not a full-time student. Um, and then just some situations happen where, you know, he still passes the class, but the NCAA's after it because he wasn't a full-time student. And this, that, and the third, they had to appeal the status. LSU finds out the day before the UCLA game that they're not going to have. And what I will tell now to everybody, Ty Davis-Price was not going to be the starting running back. It was going to be John Emery. Your starting running back is out. Now, there's a lot of different things that we can – and a lot of different fingers we can point here. 
let's just get this out of the way. John Emery, okay, I, I am personally not going to blame John Emery in this situation. I don't expect a 20-year-old kid to know the rules and regulations about what happens if he drops a class. The reasoning behind dropping a class, I mean, guys, I dropped classes. Now, I knew playing in football that I had to at least have 16 to 17 credit hours if I wanted to stay on course if I was going to drop a class. It was very difficult to do that. I would load up in summer during summer school, and I definitely load up during the spring. That way I had enough credit hours. If I wanted to take 12 during the fall semester, I could do that. I don't expect him to know that, though. It's also not his job to know. So a lot of people are going to say, blame John Emery. A lot of people said he failed a class, this, that, and the third. He did not fail a class. Actually, the opposite is true. Is he's an, Actually, he's an honor student. So you're probably asking yourself, well, this is the longest that Blake's gone into Rafino's rants where he hasn't absolutely lost his mind. I need to be explained something, though. So I think that there's a two-pronged approach here. And I'm not hearing I'm hearing a lot of people talk about the NCAA, myself included. And I think that that's warranted. The NCAA brings down the hammer on certain things that you sit back like the kid made a mistake. He's an honor student. He didn't fail a class. He dropped the class. Well, Blake, academics come first. Let I mean, it, it feels like to me, though, that he, this kid made a mistake. He had 12, 12 credit hours. He drops a class. He's not a full-time student, and now he's suspended for an entire year. The penalty in this is a 12- or 13-game suspension if LSU goes to the bowl, uh, bowl game. The penalty that John Emery receives is doesn't fit the crime that are crime in this instance. I'm using this as an analogy, but the crime that happened. We have seen kids, student athletes, get arrested, like legitimately arrested for weed, for drugs, for drinking and driving, for having drugs and guns in a vehicle with a woman who's got a warrant, for stabbing an ex-girlfriend of the player that she's with. Like we've seen it all. But you know what the one thing that the NCAA is going to not approve an appeal on? Academics. And I get it, guys. Academics is a big deal. It is the reason why you go to college. It's for you to get your degree. But one student athletes are never and always are held to a higher standard than every other kid that's in a university. If you flunk out in one semester or you flunk a semester at any university, you get you get on probation. This kid dropped a class and quite honestly is still is still in good standing effort with LSU and is enrolled in LSU. So what the hell is the NCAA coming with all of this? I mean, it's you know, this is what the NCAA likes to do. They like to be like the Chameleonaire song. They like, like they want to see you riding dirty. They see me rolling. They hating, patrolling and trying to catch me riding dirty. Or they want to be like Akon, convict, convict. 
That's what they want to do. They treat you like a, as Akon would say, a convict. A 20-year-old kid that dropped the class. The NCAA, for what, and they kind of have been retaliating to what happened to them during the summer. That's a different topic for a different day because they're not going to give up their power, guys. I'm sorry to tell you this. But what in the hell, and why are you penalizing this kid for missing a class or dropping a class? Now, the NCAA is one thing, and I want to say this. John Emery, I, I can understand, but this is, to me, the biggest thing in all of this. You know, we talk about in football, we talk about in football, when a team, a really maybe even a good talented team, gets beat by a team that they shouldn't have or shouldn't have lost to, well, in a bad play happens. We remember Mississippi State a couple of weeks ago against Memphis and the special teams play that lost them the game. Well, Mississippi State truly should have never been in that situation. Now, John Emery and LSU should have never been in that situation. Here is why this is more on LSU and the athletic department as a whole than it is the NCAA because it's not just John Emery. Well, Blake, what are you talking about? Guys, Sonoe Fanua, an LSU defensive end, and John Trey Kirkland are coming back this week off of academic suspension. So you mean to tell me that three kids were suspended due to academics and were able to, and two of them were able to come back, two of the three, one of them, and the biggest star that you have, is not able to come back. And we want to sit back and ask ourselves the question, hey, this is, an, you know, the damn NCAA, those sons of a guns. No. What the truth is, is that this is an LSU problem. This 100% is an LSU issue. How do you make so much damn money in that athletic department that you let this kind of shit slip through the cracks? How? And it's I would I would even come to the realization if it was just one kid. It's not just one kid. It's three kids that had this issue. We've seen and for people that have never played college football or been in a college athletic dorm or been in college and playing sports at any for any reason, you could probably understand how the academics work if you watch things like what was that thing that um the football show that used to come out on Netflix. Why is it? It was just in my head. Now it slipped. I can't remember the the show. Um, it's not Hard Knocks. What the hell is it? Um, guys, help me out in the comments. What was that show that came out on Netflix? It it's for whatever reason it's slipping my mind right now. Um, I I can't remember. Last chance, you. Last chance, you. Thank you. Adam says, or Nookie and Adam say, last chance you. That's right. Do you not remember in the first season when the uh, academic lady, I forget her name, was such a big deal and everybody loved her and she got everybody's academics in order? Guys, that's at a junior college. It is 100 times more in depth and has more resources at LSU than they have at East Mississippi uh, Community College. And we want to act like that this is an LSU problem. Now, I don't know who is over all of this, but God forbid 
that Ed Orgeron would be over something like this? Because you're going to blame it on Ed. People are going to blame it on Ed. That's fine if you want to, because quite honestly, after having conversations with individuals today about Ed Orgeron, you've lost your godforsaken mind and are not being realistic of the truth. And it's because that you're upset about what's happening on the field. You can't let two things be true at the same time. You can't let two things be true at the same time. This isn't on Ed Orgeron. You spend hundreds of millions of dollars to make sure that kids are academically eligible. Scott Woodward, with all due respect, and I mean this with all due respect, somebody's got heads got to roll on this one. It is out. It is unreal that you have three kids in the in the sport in your school that generates the most money. It's unex, It is unacceptable because everybody would be blaming Ed, and he would be sitting there taking the live bullets. If, if it was if we could blame it on him this isn't on him the one thing that I like and I've said this multiple times multiple times the one thing and I don't you know I'm not sitting here saying fire Orzron or anything like that but the one thing that I'm really excited about, if that day ever comes and we have a new coaching staff, is I pray to sweet baby Jesus up above that they clean house in that athletic department. They clean house in football ops. The only person that I would want to see that is retained is the janitor and people that work there and don't and, and don't really do anything for LSU football. That's the only people that needs to be retained because this is time after time after time after time. Guys, title, speaking of time and title nine, it's time to clean house with this shit. It's time. This is an LSU problem. This is LSU's fault. You should have never allowed a situation to get to the NCAA when they have a track record of them not giving people, you know, uh, eligibility. Now, the NCAA should be a damn shamed of themselves for giving waivers. And, oh, Blake, where's it reported? Come on, get your ass out of here when I say this. Giving waivers to guys like Eric Gilbert so that he can play. I know I tried to explain to people uh, uh, on Twitter, but, they, you know, people are so damn hard-headed and don't want to listen to anybody because it's about my team. <laughs> you gave an academic waiver to Eric Gilbert, who only had 12 credit hours and missed an entire semester, an entire semester, and you're letting him, you let him be eligible at the University of Georgia. The reason the kid's not at Florida is because Florida said, I know how this shit's going to go. I know how this shit's going to go. Hell no. If you're not, if you're an LSU fan and you're not pissed off at LSU, because, look, kids are kids. A 20-year-old kid should not, you know, should not have even been in that situation. They should have found it out from the beginning. And the reason it took them so long to figure out, the kid went through an entire semester and had to figure out something during the summer is because somebody wasn't doing their job on multiple kids. It is a damn shame. <laughs> Craig Schilling says, last chance Rudy Pooh. 
It's a damn shame, man. Everybody's going to blame Orgeron, though. Everybody's going to blame Orgeron. But we're, we're not going to sit back here and blame the administration. There's more than one man that runs that building. He needs individuals. And the one thing that Orgeron didn't do when he got hired in 2016 was come in there and start firing everybody like he should have. Like every other coach that is, you know, when a new regime comes in, they even go as far as firing video coordinators, uh, 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 cooking staff, trainers, this, that, and the third, and they bring their own people in. This has been gross incompetence on some people's levels at LSU since Les Miles has been here. Guys, if you think that that athletic department at times is being run at a level of, of and how do I want to say this, of um, because I think Woodward's done a pretty good job with it, um, but has been run and, and cleaning some things out. And so I will give Woodward credit where credit is due. But, guys, we we have 10 years of, uh, of just pure incompetence. And please don't get me started on this little weed policy, drug policy that LSU totes around. Miriam Seeger, you know, everybody's talking about how Miriam Seeger let Title IX go through the way shoe, but she, you know, God forbid, she don't want somebody smoking weed. No, that's not how that works. Gross incompetence. Anyway, I, I, I don't, for the life of me, don't understand how this happens. Because when I was at Southeastern, we met, we met with an academic advisor every other week. And during the week that we did not meet with our a- academic advisor, she sent us two emails on Tuesdays and Thursdays saying, hey, Blake, how did you do on that quiz? Guys, and for the love of God, that's at Southeastern. In 2008, 2009, in the uh, fall or summer of 2010, you – that can't happen at LSU. Well, Blake, there's more players at LSU. No, there's not, guys. It doesn't. T- it does not take an hour. It doesn't take an hour to send an email or a text to eighty-five kids that are on scholarship, a hundred kids that are on scholarship. It doesn't, because all you got to really do is copy and paste. Uh, so let's get to a couple of the comments in the Rudy uh, from the Rudy crew. But Brandon says Mark Ibrant and Salmon are homeboys. Well, hell, Scott Woodward is more of a homeboy to Mark Emmert uh, uh, than Saban is. Mark Mark Emmert's uh, uh, ch- one of Mark Emmert's children, and one of Scott Woodward's children are married to one another. And let's let's make this known too. You want to you want to see? No, I'm not gonna go there. I ain't gonna go. Never mind. I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna go there. I ain't gonna go there. But I'm just going to say this. If, if LSU can't put pressure on the NCAA to get John Emery to get John – and I'm not saying they can't do this, but if they can't get put the pressure on the NCAA to get John Emery, uh, Emery approved and be eligible to play, what the hell do you think that they're going to do when Title IX hits, when everything comes to fruition? Are you confident now? They can't even get a kid who missed a course and is three credit hours shy of being eligible – they can't even get him eligible, but we're sitting here asking about Title IX. Oh, that shit hit you differently, didn't it? Oh, that shit's – now shit starts getting real, right? 
because the NCAA doesn't play with academics. What do you think they're going to do when Title IX hits their hits their desk and they try to come out because they're so pissed off at Will Wade, they try to come at you for institu- institutional lack of control? What then? If you can't get a kid passed with three credit hours and you think that this shit ain't about to hit some fan or has the potential to, you're outside your damn box. What we should be doing here, what we should be doing is me talking about how I think that Micah, uh, Micah Baskerville and Damone Clark has the potential to start uh, to stop Tank Bigsby and company, Jarquez Hunter, the other running back for Auburn. That's what we should be talking about. But regardless, we have to sit here and talk about this bullshit. This is the stuff that pisses me off. This is the stuff that pisses me off. Gino says the NCAA is trash. Now the rules are outdated and don't fit today. I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Uh, Daniel Glenn says nothing from the NCAA about Bradford, uh, 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 Trey Bradford either. Nope. 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 But the Trey Bradford thing is something completely different from an LSU and NCAA perspective because of because of the fact if the kid is academically eligible, they're okay with it for whatever reason. They're okay with it. And that one kind of hit LSU a little bit different. Y'all hear the sirens again? What time is it? There's seven minutes. Like, guys, I'm telling you every night around 7.20 that somebody's getting busted with meth. Man, man, man. The Trey Bradford thing, I kind of like, well, you know, although I think it, it's taking him too damn long, it's like, man. I mean, what do you want LSU to do at that point is what I, I guess I'm asking. Alex says Emory could also lose his scholarship technically if he was not considered full-time, which he would be even would be, would be an even more travesty. Well, LSU doesn't have to do that. That would be an LSU thing. But you guys, you remember in 2007, no, 2011, when Jarrett Lee had to take uh, vi- the videography class or what was it, bowling or some shit? Jarrett Lee had already graduated from LSU and was taking an elective course so that he could be eligible to play in 2011. And, and we're sitting here worried about John Emery uh, um, uh, dropping a class. Like, that's a joke. Like that, that, that right there is a joke. When you have a quarterback in 2011 taking bowling and tennis and badminton and swimming because he wants to go see the ladies, I mean, for crying out in loud. Like crying, like crying out for crying out loud. Academics is where they're going to get you, huh? You know what? Kids go through a th- you know, kids go through enough and you want to bring them down on this shit. All right, let's move forward. Lee says, "What about Trey Bradford? We what are we gonna, uh, we're going to need him." Man, I don't know. I I mean, I don't know. What you, you know, how do you how do you let Trey Bradford get eligible and you don't let John Emery? But this is an LSU thing. Uh, Mark says, think Emory transfers now? I don't know. I don't know what's best for him. 
Uh, Kirk Taylor says the responsibility is ultimately with the kid to make sure he has classes done along with the academic advisor. I look, I get it. I get what people are saying from the John Emery perspective. I've also seen it happen too many times. Too many times where a kid drops a class and he doesn't realize what he did and he can't get re enrolled back in that class. But here's the thing LSU should have forced him to get re enrolled in the class and they could have done things with the athletic department to get him back re enrolled in that class. That's where that you have failed. This is where I don't put it on John, everything on John Emery or majority, if really, I mean, it is on him, but majority on it is because you have you have to have fail-safes at LSU. So when this thing happens, how does the academic advisor not know that he's a full-time student? All right, we need to move on. We need to move on. We've been 30 minutes in on this. Shampy says that's why they're supposed to uh, have grad students to ensure these students are taking the right courses. Yeah. You know, I – Look, I mean, it just it comes to a point where, man, I I, I want to be talking about LSU and Auburn. I want to be talking about the the earthquake game. I want to be talking about that Auburn hasn't won in Baton Rouge since 1999. The recent history under Orgeron and how things went with Les Miles in 2007 when you had Bird that had to catch a pass on a couple of seconds, and, and Jacob Hester talks about that uh, Matt Flynn put him in a formation that they never run before. And, and Matt throws an unbelievable ball, and Demetrius Bird catches a pass, and the crowd goes wild. Like, that's the kind of shit we should be talking about. The one thing that I'm going to blame on this organization that Orger, that Coach O has put around is that there's nothing but absolute chaos all the time. I'm tired of the chaos. I'm tired of it. I'm, like, legitimately getting sick of it, and I know that you are too. Um, Nookie says, I'm sorry, but besides hiring two coaches, just exactly what, what is what we're done. <laughs> I mean, he hasn't really changed anything. Um, he hasn't really changed anything, guys. I mean, there's nothing that, you know, I think – Nookie, the the sports gambling stuff, I think that he was very innovative in that. You know, Caesars, LSU being the first team in college athletics to be a part of Caesars Sportsbook, I think it's going to be a big deal and give LSU a lot of freaking money, like a lot of money. Um, so there are things that I think that he has, that he has helped uh, 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 put together. But, I mean, like the weed policy, like cleaning house. That's the part where I don't, you know, that I have struggles with. Uh, LSU Tigers on Tiger Bait. Mike Scarborough, what's up, my friend? He says, damn strong show, Blake. Thank you, my friend. He was at the Kim Mulkey thing today. He was at the Kim Mulkey thing today. I wonder how that went. I heard her, man. She was she was spitfiring everywhere. She told, I think Mike asked a question. She, you know, she's like, Mike, I don't know. This team had nine wins last year. My goal is to get number 10. I mean, I don't know. I mean, look, Mike, that's a good question. She, he got her fired up. That's what you like to see from, from Kim Mulkey. Uh, DMT says, come on, bro. He's a junior. He knew what, what needed. Mm. I'm going to leave that one alone. Because you don't know what John Ember was completely told either. <laughs> 
Um, this comment says a thousand guys. Okay, and to DMT's point, you know what else? This situation right here. Do you remember this? Do you remember situations where players everywhere else, uh, 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 uh even. You got guys like Zach Mettenberger, who's a quarterback here, who's been on the show. He don't mind me saying it. A guy that what stole a computer or some shit at Georgia, had to go to junior college and come to LSU. I mean, guy, people make stupid decisions. The kid was like literally never – he wasn't arrested. We're talking about a mistake, and a mistake that LSU didn't, didn't catch up on. Like, the, we're talking about – you know, like Allen Iverson would say, guys, we're talking about academics. Like, we're talking about him dropping a class. The kid's not an issue. The kid's not a problem. He's not out there smoking the weed. Stay off of the weed, but he's not out there doing anything wrong. Academics. We need to get to some Auburn. So, I'm, let's just let's go there. Marvin says meth lab, LOL. Yeah, man. They go and busting them meth labs. All right, let's get to some LSU. But before we uh, – to uh, LSU. Let's get to some Auburn. Before we do that, we are live at the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Guys, I, I saw Ernie today. They're doing so much work here, so much great work, so many people who were affected by the storm. Don't hire a shady uh, a contractor. Don't hire a shady tree guy. Don't hire anybody shady, but if you fall in the victimhood of doing that, get in touch with the Drake Williams Law Firm. Call Ryan Williams. Call Ernie Drake, 985-386-7600, 985-386-7600, or go see them over at the DrakeWilliamsLawFirm.com. And my good friend Richie Roche over at Roche's Lawn and Landscape, 225 937 7220 It's 225-937-7220. Guys, they are the, and around the Baton Rouge area, they can do they can do outside patio areas, kitchens. They literally do it all to make your outside living area look the best. Again, that's Richie Roche, Roche Salon Landscape, 225-937-7220. Tell them your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. All right. Seth says LSU's receivers are gonna have uh going to have big time games. I think Jack Besh is our weapon X, and he's gonna have a big game. Auburn's linebackers and DBs can't run with our talent. I think, and I mentioned this last night, I think that the the, the one thing that, that Auburn has shown that they've struggled with is covering the tight ends. Now that we've seen Cole Taylor, you know, can do they start giving him some, you know, some catches? But you got a lot of guys that you have to feed necessarily, but you need to start getting the ball to the open man, and you got to start getting Kayshawn Bouti more targets. And I don't know if Auburn has the guys right now that we've seen that can that can legitimately contain Kayshawn Bouti because we haven't seen anybody do it yet. Um, you know, one thing that I've been hearing from, you know, we talked a little bit about Orgeron, and I want to see this translate this week and see if he starts letting it loose a little bit more. As I, I have heard some things about O gaining more confidence in his coordinators and what they want to do and what they want to implement. And I think that the Orgeron is the type of coach that he's going to have to have full trust in you, and that's why Steve Ensminger was here as long as he was. Letting Durante Jones go to the three-man front and, and call the umbrella coverage, keep everything underneath. And, you know, uh, who was, what was it? Who was, they were running the umbrella coverage like their name was Rihanna. Under my umbrella, Ella, Ella, A, 
A, I mean, that he let him do that, even though he was uncomfortable with it and didn't fully understand how it was going to work. Maybe not understand is a good word, but he just wasn't confident that it was, and it did. Talking about Jake Pete screaming over the headset this weekend on the RPO to Kayshawn Bouti, something that Ed has talked about with his gap power scheme, that they want to do that and run the RPOs off of it. I think that that's Ed trying to say publicly, and Ed doesn't really hold punches, is, hey, man, I what, what Ed's really saying in that press conference when he talks about Durante Jones and when he talks about Jake Peaches, guys, I'm getting confidence in him. Like, they, they, they were what they were against UCLA, but I'm starting to gain confidence, and I see what they're doing. Now, Ed's got to get Ed's got to get out of his own way on this one. Guys, there's a three-game stretch, four-game stretch here where if he gets in the way offensively, he ain't going to be here much longer. I mean, because fans are going to roll, and they're going to call for his job. That's not me saying that. I, You know, I'm just telling you, fans are going to be calling for his head if he loses three of the next four. But I do think that he's gaining confidence – uh, in these coordinators, he's got – you know, like I said about Max Johnson, a lot of people sent me a message about it. You know, these coordinators are peacocks. You got to let them fly. Um, Lamar Williams says, let's go. I'm ready for some football. Me too. Me too. I'm, I'm tired of covering the bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm tired of covering, sh- you know, just shit all the time. Uh, Jack Davis says, can LSU block Auburn's D-line long enough for Max to make some plays. I think that they can. Guys, they've played teams like Penn State where they couldn't bust a grape up front. They couldn't find a way or their way out of a wet paper bag in a you know, in a rainforest during the movie Forrest Gump when they're in the jungle. I mean, the the funny thing, to, the thing that is my, so mind-boggling to me is that we've seen LSU get pressured relentlessly with their, you know, on their offensive line to get to Max Johnson because of the success that defensives have had. In four games, guys, this offensive line has only given up six sacks. That's a tribute to Max Johnson getting rid of the football. I mean, that's a tribute to a lot of things. Actually doing well in pass pro. Um you know, I keep beating that drum. I just want to see them come out and have a dominant performance this week. Not even a dominant performance on the offensive line. I want to see them be average. And, you know, get, you know, as a team, get 100 total yards on the on the ground. We'll see, though, man. I think that, that that's the toughest thing for them to do is to get 100 yards on the ground. Which is so sad. I need to trim my mustache up, man. It's getting it's getting wild up in this thing. I was trying, you know, before I get to Paul's comment here, I said if LSU, after losing to UCLA, if LSU lost, I mean lost, won seven straight games, I would shave my beard live on the show. Um, but, man, I'm going to have to trim some of this up. I, I mean, it's driving me it's driving me bananas. I wanted to get it bigger out here. I'm just, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm going to have to train this mustache up some. I'm going to have to get it off my lip. My mustache has, has its own 401k plan, as uh, somebody told me once upon a time. Paul Eskon said, Besh can't be Weapon X from the bench because Ed is listening to Ensminger 
and keeping 87 in the freaking block. Uh, we talked about this yesterday. Is it Ensminger or is it Orgeron? Because we've had different coordinators. You know, I, I don't know if – you know. Hmm. It's a good point, though. I mean, it, it feels – we got – you know, Ed said – well, and, and this is to me, Paul, what – how I kind of confirmed it was it was Orgeron doing this is because he said, got to keep the backs in, got to keep the running backs in, max protect, max protect. Well, you, you, I mean, you're taking away two options. You're taking away two options away from Max Johnson. I mean, a kid doesn't – I mean, he never grew up in Max protections. Pun intended. Uh, Mikey says, let's go show who the real Tigers are. Yep. Peggy, I saw your comment earlier. She says to something to Lee Lattimore – about the Valley Shook posted the stadium available seats, and it's a lot. Uh, Peggy, last I saw was like 4,600, which isn't actually that much. I mean, if you think about it, in a 100,000-capacity stadium during COVID, um, I mean, it's, with your team doing the way that they are, it's 4,600 tickets and a lot, right? Like, I, I was actually kind of surprised to see it was only 4,600 on SeatGeek or whatever it was. So, I think that there's going to be a lot of people there this Saturday. And Louisiana people are late to everything. They buy tickets late. Uh, Lee Lattimore says, have y'all seen the recruit visitor list uh, for the game? It's insane. Lee, I, I did see that. And, you know, I was going to talk about the recruiting update. Man, and this is a reason why I've been kind of pushing, and I said this Monday, why I've been pushing so hard for fans to go get out and be at the game. And I know it's a late game. And, and Peggy, to another point, it's an 8 o'clock game. I mean, the last time I went to an 8 o'clock game, I was on the sideline, and we didn't get out of there until like 12 or what was it, 11.57 that night. It was a long game. I forget the last one. Was it Ole Miss maybe? Maybe it was a little bit sooner than that. But it was like maybe 11.30, and I didn't get home till 2. And I was parked next to the stadium. Like, literally right next to it. I mean, some people just don't want to do that. So, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Roderick says, we can put up points on these people. I hope you're right, brother. I think that we can, too. (laughs) Dorian says, muff duster. Who's a muff duster? Lee says, great memory, Blake. It was the Ole Miss 2016, I'm pretty sure. And if it was, man, I mean, that was such a late game. Talking about that recruiting list, I, I mean, we got to show out. I mean, because, look, if Orgeron is not going to be the guy next season, you still need good recruits. You got Quincy Wiggins, who's uncommitted, and you got Rudy Poos out there saying he's going to Alabama, and, and he kind of – I'm going to leave that one alone. Let me just tell you this. Let me just say this. And I think that my track record for actually reporting – things against Alabama is almost undefeated at this point. But for reasons that I think some people know, um, because of the connections I I have and have had at Alabama, um, let me say this. I talked to somebody today about Quincy Wiggins at Alabama, and they told me, well, that would be a shocker. <laughs> so I'm not saying – when Blake Rafino says that, people are, oh, Blake Rafino said – he, uh, Quincy Wiggins thinking they were going to Alabama. I didn't say that as of 
uh, September 29th, they don't. They would be shocked. You got Jacoby Matthews, I think, is on that list. I mean, you got a lot of great players that are on that list. Uh, Jamon Tapp, the defensive end, is on that list. Another guy, if you're able to bring in Quincy Wiggins and Jamon Tapp, that'd be huge. I think Tapp is still committed to Texas, didn't he? Ah, that then Texas. Um, that kid ain't going to no Texas. I don't believe it. Jamon, don't be fooling with, don't be playing with them people. Uh, Tracy, I don't. Let me back up. I don't know that. I don't know anybody in the Jamon Tapp camp. I'm just kind of making a little bit of a joke there. I don't think he's going to Texas. Uh, Tracy says, why did uh, he hire these coordinators if he wasn't confident in their abilities? We should have been sold. He should have been sold in the interviews. Good point. I don't know, Tracy. It's a great point. Well, let me say this. Because I, it's not that I don't think that he didn't have confidence in them. I th- I think that Orgeron is doing a lot of this stuff is because he doesn't want to get fired. I mean, I was told that he's telling coaches on the coaching staff after the UCLA loss that he walks in there in the coaching meeting and it's like, well, guys, you put me on the hot seat. No, you Rudy Poo, you put you on the hot seat. You put you on the hot seat. Don't blame that shit on, on Jake Peets who hadn't been there but one game. Don't blame Brad Davis. Don't blame Durante Jones. Don't blame Blake, uh, blame Blake Baker. Don't blame anybody but yourself. You bring in the recruits. You brought in the offensive line that's not having success. Don't blame the coaching staff. Don't do that. Like, don't do that. Harold Perkins is another one, Bundy says. Yeah, Harold Perkins is a big get. Uh, Dorian says your uh, muff duster mustache. Yeah, man, I gotta shave this. I gotta, I gotta trim this puppy up. I was gonna, I wanted to get it all big and bad and out here, you know, so that when I shaved it, when the LSU won seven straight, it's it's epic. Uh, Pooh Bear says Blake's mustache is a co-ed tickler. Oh, my God. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. Pooh Bear, I'm a married man. <laughs> y'all crazy, bro. Oh, God, y'all crazy. Oh. Oh, oh. Uh, Mark uh, Mark says, well, if Coach O said that, then he has really deserves to be – does he really deserve to be at LSU? Guys, if you think that that's elite and, – and no, there is no, well, if. There ain't no if about that. All right, let's just get that out of the way. There ain't no if, uh, Mark. Um, guys, come on. I mean, if you really think that that's – if that's the only thing Orgeron said in that coaching meeting – then that's really good. You know, like, guys, there's things that go on in meetings. You know, I had a I had a coach tell me one time, I think I've told you guys this story before, but I had a coach tell me one time that he was going to, and Peter, this never really happened, um, but he was going to buy a dog, name it Rafino, and every time he got mad, he was going to kick it. Um, What else did that coach tell me? He told me that, 
my feet look like I'm a fairy off of, uh, the fairy off of Peter Pan because my feet were too all over the place. Um, I mean, come on. Come on, man. Uh, Val Browning, what's up, Val? It says, your stash and beard are safe. Well, we'll see. I hope they're not. Uh, let's get a couple more, and then we'll get out of here. Seth says, Durante Jones is actually growing in front of our eyes every week. Man is doing more than what meets the eye. Got to look at the game within the game. I agree with that. I agree with that. Roderick says, bro, I think we continue to surprise people. We'll see. We'll see. And Zach Gazzardo says, Baskerville got picked on all day long against Mississippi State. How do we think – how do we have someone better than that? Well, you do. His name's Mike Jones. Who, Mike Jones? I'm tired of hearing he can't play against the run, y'all, when I'm seeing him go against SEC uh, uh, offensive linemen and shuck them off and get a tackle. Stop with the bullshit. Like, I was born at night, but I wasn't born last night. Stop with it. My eyes don't deceive me when I see that. All right. Let's get out of here. We're going to get out of here a little bit sooner tonight. Daddy's got things he's got to do. If you ask Pooh Bear, I got a co-ed tickler. Just joking. Just joking. All right, guys. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Hopefully. Hopefully. Lord willing, we'll see y'all tomorrow. Well, you know what? You guys have a good night. We'll see you soon. Peace out, guys. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.